so as I said, we'll, we'll, we want to get into this. Uh, Caroline, uh, it's really special for us to do this together. I was thinking we've never done this before, you and I. There's been quite a few, you know, tag teams and partnerships between different ones of us from the fivefold. Uh, but this is the first. Yes. So I'm, I'm just look- realizing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking that. forward to it. And let me say this, uh, talking about that, because especially for those that are new and don't know, you see, you know, Wes and, and Melanie and myself up here uh, preaching a lot of the messages on Sunday morning. And Caroline and Nedra, they, they do, uh, you know, they get up here and they share on Sunday mornings at different times. But uh, even though you don't see them a lot, you know, on the message, during the messages on Sunday morning, uh, I know those of you who have been here a while, you know, but if you don't know, uh, Caroline and Nedra, they are so uh, vital uh, and significant, yeah. important to the church family here in the culture. And they, they both, they do so much uh, in, the, in the physical and in the natural for yeah. the church, uh, which is amazing, but also um, what they both carry and mm-hmm. uh, carry for the house and the covering and the grace yeah. they bring. Being on the, you know, the five-fold leadership team is just, uh, I don't have words. I mean, we, you know, it's, it's not a five-fold ministry um, without all five of us, mm-hmm. you know, on our hearts being fully and in, fully invested in. So, so grateful, <laughs> yeah, for that, uh, you powerful women. Uh, and on that, I want to start with that because, you know, Nedra and I and Wes and Melanie, we talk about, you know, how grateful we are for what you carry mm-hmm. uh, in the role you're in here at Arise. But how many of you know that it's one thing to carry something, it's another thing for how you carry it out, that in which the Lord has put upon you to lead in. And so the way you carry uh, this role of the prophet on the leadership team in Adorize is what we're so grateful for. Mm -hmm. And specifically, uh, let's start with the prophetic rooms. Okay. Because uh, I remember when we first planted the church and we had vision for prophetic rooms, I'd seen different prophetic ministries, the way they'd been run and done, and prophetic rooms. I thought, oh, we'll do it this way or that way. And your vision was different. (laughs) And I remember when you started sharing your vision for prophetic ministry and the prophetic rooms, uh, which, by the way, how many are blessed by the prophetic rooms? Wow. I I mean, just hearing the testimony that comes from there, the encounters with the Lord's heart that people have, I'd be curious to know how many tissue boxes we go through. I mean, God just, I mean, I'm serious, it's like a waterfall (laughs) of the Lord's, uh, just his his power, his healing, his words from the river of heaven. I look look at it so much like this, this river of heaven. Hmm. And you, and you lead the team so well, just getting in the flow of the river of heaven. And so when you shared the vision for prophetic ministry, I thought, wow, that's different than I thought, but that's so good with people receiving words, but hearing the Lord's heart for themselves. So let's start there and just talk about your vision, your heart, uh, everything involved with the prophetic ministry. Yes. Okay. So I have notes. so I don't forget things, but, um, anyway, so like Jeremy was saying, uh, when we started Arise, I just started dreaming about what a prophetic ministry would look like for us. And immediately, like he said, um, the vision I was receiving was different than anything I'd ever experienced at other uh, churches or ministries. Um, I mean, it was kind of like a combination of like a soaking ministry I'd been to before and a healing rooms (laughs) ministry I'd been to before and some prophetic, um, but not anything I personally experienced. And the, the picture that I first got was just this picture of an umbrella. Um, and that when people would walk in, there would just be this noticeable, like atmospheric shift as they walked from outside to underneath the umbrella. 
Um, and instead of the focus being on like a certain prophet, like sitting in front of you or, or getting a, a word from somebody, um, that, you know, underneath that umbrella in the atmosphere, the prophetic would operate in so much freedom and there'd be such an ease and a rest to it that people, uh, it would be like an open heaven and like an open portal, if that makes sense, um, where people can also hear the voice of the Lord clearly for themselves. Yeah. So it's like a combination of the prophetic word, yes, like receiving a word from somebody, but also there being such a clarity um, to hear the voice of the Lord in a way that you haven't before. Um, and I love how Holy Spirit brings confirmation in the word. <laughs> he does that a lot with me. I'll be talking with him, and then Wes will be like, oh, yeah, that's right here. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> that's helpful. <laughs> um, but after I had that vision, I'd read about uh, Saul in 1 Samuel uh, when he was in the presence. We won't, like, read through it, but um, when he was in the presence of several prophets prophesying, the spirit of God came on him powerfully. Um, and he started prophesying so much so that those that were with him said, what is this that has happened to Saul? Is Saul among the prophets? Um, so we see instances like that, uh, that show prophetic picture, like where prophets have created a space for the voice of the Lord to be heard clearly. Um, and there are other instances too, but that kind of was like a long and short good example where I was like oh wow thank you Lord like what I'm sensing you know to create that kind of a space for people to encounter is you know has you know you've already demonstrated that that's what the prophetic is created to do um, so picture the umbrella um, creating a prophetic team for a prophetic people to create a space for people to come in in a soaking atmosphere to have an encounter with the Lord so that's kind of like a long and short and I'm sure you guys I try to give like a little this is what we're hoping for at the end of Prophetic Rooms if you've been in there. So now you all know. Um, and as I was thinking about sharing that vision today with y'all, um, I just was encouraged by the Lord because ultimately this is God's plan is for us to know his voice and to hear his voice. Um, you know, the prophet Joel, like in Acts 2, they bring, it, they bring that prophecy back out. Um, and I'll just read a portion of that. We all know it. Um, that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Um, that was his hope for his children, right. that we would know his heart and know his thoughts. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's been the plan. <laughs> um, and when Jesus' blood enters the scene, Jesus on the cross, you know, after the cross, we're in the last days, you know, he, the veil is torn and there's access to his voice. There's access to know him. Um, so it's cool to think about that that's been the plan yeah. and <laughs> for us to know him and um, for there to be like a shift for it to not be God's voice just being for specific chosen people, but for us to all know him intimately and to hear his voice, um, kind of that shift from old covenant to new covenant, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of my hope for the prophetic rooms that when people walk in there, they feel that shift. And even when they walk in the front doors, <laughs> they feel that shift of just being able to hear his voice clearly, or even when they're in the company of the family of Arise outside of here, there's just a noticeable shift where people are like, I'm starting, I hear the voice of the Lord clearer than I normally do. There's something I'm sensing. And they're being reminded of prophetic words of destinies of promises that they've received and ultimately, which leads to an encounter. So. That's so good. Uh, I've never heard that uh, about, you know, Saul and, and you know, him just being in the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I've read that, that passage before, but I've never thought about that and from that place of the prophetic. And as you were just saying, I was like, wow. I mean, he was just, he just got into the flow. Right. I mean, he just began so much so. <laughs> Where they were saying, is he one of the prophets? Mm -hmm. Like, it must have been a strong word. Right. You know? <laughs> 
And um, so that, but that is so, that's such a good picture of what takes place in the prophetic room in ministry. There's such a, there is that umbrella, such a flow. And something I love hearing is when people uh, on the ministry team. So we talk about what people receive when they come to get a receive in the prophetic uh, rooms, but the ministry team for prophetic rooms, uh, we hear uh, how people talk about they come in and they're getting ready to minister to people and they say the flow is so easy. Mm-hmm. They just like it's just automatic. They start getting words for other people. Uh, Wes and I even heard testimony this week uh, from someone and we've heard others say it's like, I don't even have to to lay hands on someone to get mm-hmm. a word for them. You know, it's like typically in the past, you know, I'm I'm trying to get a word for someone. We've heard people say, but then if I can lay hands on them, you know, our hands are a, are a connecting point, you know, to one another. Uh, if I can lay hands on their shoulder, then it'll start flowing, mm-hmm. you know. But I hear we hear people say in these prophetic rooms here to rise, man, they just come into the atmosphere and it's just flowing. I mean, we see Jesus do that in the scripture where he didn't have to be uh, even in the vicinity of someone yeah. to know everything about them and release healing. And I think that's what's happening, in, mm-hmm. in, or it is what's happening and taking place, that flow, that umbrella, that open heaven over the prophetic ministry. So uh, it's a powerful thing. So if you haven't been yet, you need to come. You need to come and receive, and uh, it, it's going to be such a blessing to you. I'm so grateful uh, for what we have. Let me t- uh, now go to uh, you and I. And the whole ministry team, we've talked before about how when we prophesy over people, and I know you teach this when you do training for prophetic rooms, so often uh, it's easy for people in prophetic ministry, we start prophesying, and then we pick up on the desires of their heart, Mm -hmm. and we start prophesying what we feel they need to hear, uh, or what we want them to hear, rather than what God is saying, Mm -hmm. you know, and because it's powerful, there's a flow, you know, from the Lord, uh, but how often are we reading their heart, but we're not reading heaven's heart for them? Mm-hmm. And I know you're really passionate about that because we <laughs> talk about it, we see it. And you even you even talk about it as well how sometimes we'll prophesy and we pick up on what they're going through a situation. And we start prophesying our opinion, mm-hmm. which actually isn't prophecy. <laughs> we start sharing our opinion instead of prophesying what the Lord God Almighty is saying yes. over them. So uh, could you just share a little, you know, a little more, go a little deeper on that? Yes, so um, I think that's something really important to obviously address in the prophetic, um, I mean, and in prayer, but um, it's definitely understandably easy, you know, something that people can kind of fall into, Um, but ultimately what that is is just inserting yourself before the Lord um, and before what the Lord is saying over somebody, Um, and like Jeremy was saying, um, in the prophetic, a lot of times you can sense what people are wanting to hear or you may know them so you may know what they're going through you know a personal like just desire a longing in their heart um and like jeremy said you may have an opinion about them which is really dangerous (laughs) um to partner with and so i feel like sometimes it's a maybe it's a conscious but more likely a, a subconscious thing where people lean into what they think instead of reading the scroll of heaven and what the lord is actually saying so um a lot of times, the, or the way that I present it when we do our prophetic training, and honestly, a lot of Sundays when we pray together before, you know, we'll say this, just, God, thank you for the privilege, and we do not take this honor lightly. You know, we, we walk with a lot of, just in a, I know this sounds funny, but like in a heavy reverence for what this role is, uh, because this is God's most prized possession, is people that he gave up his son for, um, and it's an opportunity to speak into them. Um, so, 
what I always tell them is, um, you know, that we should be holding the prophetic with a lot of weight and reverence. Um, and it doesn't mean that we have to live in fear of it or shut it out. I think some cultures, it's like when they understand the weight of it, they just choose to shut it out. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's obviously not right either. Um, but instead, I think we get invited into living in like a balance between the, the reverence of the weight and the freedom of pursuit um, of the prophetic, um, you know, while carrying that reverence for the opportunity to speak heaven over someone. Um, and one thing, you know, I'm sure if you've heard me speak before, I feel like I always say this at some point, just, you know, in Proverbs, it says that the power of life and death lies in our tongue. Um, and you know, if God created the world by speaking the world into motion, we're created in his image, we're his sons and daughters. We create with our words. We, you know, we either partner with life or partner with death with our words in the unseen realm. Um, I mean, and that's what we're doing in the prophetic uh, a lot of times. So when we're speaking, you know, God's voice instead of our opinion, it's kind of like, are we speaking life or are we speaking death? Are we speaking God's word? Are we speaking life? Um, and, you know, when it comes to any kind of ministry, I mean, not just the prophetic, but any ministry, we cannot live you know, for the approval of man. I mean, I think everybody here knows that. Um, but if we're living for the pat on the back, we're going to start to cater to what, you know, people are wanting. And I've seen that so many times in ministries, especially just in the time that we're in right now, where, you know, oh, something happens, Holy Spirit comes in power, and somebody has concern or question. And while it may seem almost like well, what they're saying isn't wrong. So the pastor kind of leans and, and starts to shut Holy Spirit out, kind of starts to water things down, um, if that makes sense. So, I mean, just applying that, we, we really can't, you know, we're, we're, we have to be obedient to what the word of the Lord is and not to, you know, try to win the approval of man. Um, and the last thing about this, um, I was just thinking about the word. I don't remember which Sunday it was that Melanie shared. It was so good. <laughs> about um, just, you know, there's a deceptive spirit in the world right now that a lot of people and churches are partnering with. Um, and it looks like, you know, oh, like we're, we're loving people by supporting their choices and things like that. And it, you know, kind of bows to the political agenda or the political, to be politically correct or to be more relevant. Um, and, you know, we as a body, that is absolutely something we do not, you know, partner with. Y'all have seen us. Um, like, we just, we have to be so reverent to the Lord and obedient to his voice, uh, no matter what the cost is. So. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Preach. Wow, that's so good. You know what I was just feeling um, as you're talking about that is everything you're sharing right in this moment is so connected to how people get wounded. Hmm. Yeah. There's so many woundings uh, from, you know, prophecy and the uh, prophetic cultures. And, and I just, I don't know, I just felt, uh, if you're good to go there with me, I just felt in this moment for a second, everyone just kind of close their eyes for just, to, before we move on, I just think there's something to receive, hmm. you know, from that. Uh, if you've been wounded, you know, if someone, you know, prophesied over you. And it left you feeling any way other than just being completely wrapped up in the love of the Father. Come on. You know, it left you confused. It didn't point you towards Jesus. 
Uh, just take a few deep breaths. Just breathe in fresh life. The Lord's healing love for you. Yeah, just another just another moment. Maybe release forgiveness over that person, over that pastor, over that moment. If you if you have anything to add. Hmm. Yeah, I just see Jesus coming up and just placing his hand on your chest. <laughs> and just um any word that like has been stamped on your mind or heart that's that's been hard to let go of that's not been from him is just wiped away. Wow. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I just see like words just evaporating off and they're just they're gone. We just release it, Jesus, and we just replace it <laughs> with your truth. And we apologize on behalf of leaders and, and, yes. and pastors in the church that haven't stewarded the heart of heaven for you well. <laughs> we apologize on their behalf right now. We thank you, Lord, for your healing. Yeah. just feel such a fresh wind, <laughs> a fresh wind blowing mm. uh, over your life, over your heart in regards to this, and I want to... Mm, fresh hope. Fresh hope, amen. <laughs> yeah, receive fresh hope, amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord. And as you, you can stay in this, and uh, we'll, we'll keep talking, but I want to <laughs> <laughs> I want to shift uh, just, a, just a little from what we've been talking about with prophesying and kind of talk about with you, Caroline, the difference in when you prophesy over someone and the gift of prophecy uh, versus actually walking in the office of the prophet in the church, mm -hmm. you know, carrying carrying that mantle of, of the prophet like you are here at Arise Birmingham, uh, because Caroline's role uh, in the church is actually not to prophesy over you. Uh, she does that. You can do that. You can do that. You do that a lot. Um, but could you share with us, you know, more just what it's been, what it looks like for you and how you've grown, how you've stepped into, you know, stepping into the role of actually, you know, I'm using the word office of the prophet in the church. You, you know, you can also use the word like carrying the mantle of the prophet and, uh, the, and even maybe if you want to share some struggles, if we want to get real, you know, here this morning for a few moments, just, and just what you've uh, learned, grown, experience about um, not just prophesying and having the gift of the prophet, but actually walking in that role as a leader in the church and mm. the mantle of the prophet. Yeah. So um, I guess I could share a little bit about my background kind of leading up to stepping into this role. Um, and I will say I find comfort in hearing that some others that I respect also had the same reaction um, when they were called into that role of like, oh, no, I'm not a prophet. That's not. <laughs> so it made me feel um, not totally alone in that. I've heard Dan McCollum say that before and some others. But um, in knowing the Lord, just to give you all a backstory, um, before when I was very lost, did not know the Lord when I was younger, had two visitations and dreams, which led to my conversion and accepting Jesus as Lord. Um, and then later on when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, people kept telling me, you know, how prophetic I was. And, um, I had like a, 
prophet, you know, call that out in me and as that I was called to be a prophet. Um, and I was not sure how I felt, you know, it made sense with like some of the things, like I said, with having like dreams and just the way I would hear the Lord. Um, but because of what I had had some preconceived ideas <laughs> with that word and just, I did feel the weight of it. Um, I wasn't so sure about that, um, but did know that I love to pray, um, and prophesy over people and call them into their destiny. So, um, I will say that part, um, has been a, or, you know, a struggle or was a struggle in accepting the term, if that makes sense. Um, but now I've had understanding, um, of just, largely like that a lot of that was due to what I had seen previously and what I feel like um is kind of you know the an old wave of how people have done things and the new wave of what God is doing now in the prophetic um which I feel much more aligned with myself um anyways uh so um talking about the office of the prophet um, once I started learning about that, some of what the office of the prophet entails versus someone who just prophesies, like Jeremy said, over people, the office of the prophet governs over a prophetic culture and raises up prophetic voices submitted to the body. And that I feel very, very called to. <laughs> like, I feel very protective over our prophetic ministry and our prophetic culture. And, you know, even when we've had, you know, prophetic with our children's ministry, very, like, protective over what's released and how it's stewarded um and so some of the other differences between like the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet would be examples like gift of prophecy every believer is exhorted to seek prophecy as one of the nine spiritual gifts from holy spirit you know paul lays that out in first corinthians versus the office of the prophet is a calling from jesus for the equipping of the church to govern direct and it's a calling as a part of the fivefold ministry so that's kind of like a brief synopsis of, you know, the difference. Um, and my main, I guess, struggle was accepting and understanding that shift. But once I learned more about what it was, then I was like, Oh yes, Lord, that is why. You know, I feel like a perfect example of this, of what you're talking about, of you actually stepping into the office and carrying that mantle of the prophet in the church. Um, if you remember, if you were here on July 4th, we had a gatekeepers arise Sunday where we were declaring and praying for America. And uh, if you were here, it was, it was such a good morning. So rich, so much. There's so much, so many powerful things released. And, you know, uh, Caroline, you and Nedra got up and kind of closed everything out back mm -hmm. in the worship and did a partnership there. And when you got up, I remember you, 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 uh, you kind of stepped forward and you started releasing a prophetic declaration of identity and destiny over America. Mm -hmm. And it was so, how many of you remember? I mean, yeah. it was such a powerful, yeah, such a powerful moment. And I remember I was, I was standing right down here and I was just watching, receiving, agreeing with what you're releasing. But when I looked up here, it was like, I didn't see Caroline. You know, I saw someone uh, that was carrying a mantle uh, of of the of being the prophet in the church, the capital C church, you know, and I saw someone that was uh, that went to a higher realm, a higher place, and then released the word of the Lord, the word of heaven, of identity and destiny of America, and released it mm -hmm. um, from from such that higher place, you know, and uh, it was just such a it was such a moment where 
I, I said this to do what you did in that moment. It has to be the spirit of the Lord has to come upon you and you have to accept the role. You have to accept the calling, mm-hmm. you know, to step in what God's given you to release. And so I feel like that's such a, an example of actually, for those of you who saw that, to give you a, a direct picture of walking in that that role in that office, that mantle of the prophet. And I think it's so connected to what you started to talk about with the new wave and the old wave. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've talked about that. It's so, well, we were talking this week, and when you started talking about the new wave and old <laughs> wave, that just stuck in my spirit. So um, can you kind of go deeper, go further on that, of what you feel the Lord's, you know, saying and, um, you know, what what is the new wave and, and versus the old wave? What do you feel the Lord is doing, you know, in prophetic ministry? Yes. So um, what I mean by that is I think in every, like, generation and every generation of the church, there's been, you know, not just with the prophetic culture, but that's obviously what we're addressing right now, but kind of like if you can imagine this pendulum swing and this ebb and this flow as the bride is becoming made ready um, and as we're growing into who we're created to be, Um, and I feel like in the new wave, um, when I was praying through kind of how to define that, (laughs) um, the word that I was hearing was just unveiling of the prophetic gift, um, if that makes sense. And that's what I feel like, I don't know, that's what I feel like where we are right now, what I'm seeing both here and in other cultures. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, some things, anyways, just not to be strange or socially weird or always <laughs> using King James language or like long-winded prophecies and always focused on being corrective or judging, but in this new wave to be so like powerfully rooted and grounded in love. Yeah. Um, so much so that, uh, you know, I've said this before um, in lots of different places, but just so much so that the value and the priority of our word is on love even more than the accuracy of the word. I mean, yes, the goal is <laughs> to be accurate, but to me, if, if our aim is love, the accuracy is going to come into alignment, if that makes sense. Um, and it being less about being seen as the prophet um, and recognized as the prophet and being more about, just in this new wave of the prophetic, being more about committing to a body, staying, not hopping from church to church and submitting, laying down constant judgment and instead building the body and the house up. Um, Amen. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, what I, what I feel like that word about unveiling the prophetic, I think it's just simply kind of what Paul laid out for the prophetic ministry to be, you know, about empowering and building up and encouraging and loving, loving the church powerfully into its destiny, um, and not being something that makes the voice of God feel so distant, um, if that makes sense. Um, so again, um, I want to share this with y'all. I love how Holy Spirit just affirms and confirms because in relation to this, when I was thinking about like how to, like, I guess, define the new wave that I'm feeling. At Chris Vallotton's last School of the Prophets conference, they asked the following question. And Dan McCollum's response was like, thank you, yes. Um, Because it was very much what I was feeling. Anyways, the question is, um, what are some distinctions you see in this next generation of emerging prophets? And the answer, Dan said, or Dana, whatever you want to call it, Dan. Um, uh, I believe that we are moving from those that are identifying the problems to those that are identifying the solutions. We are fully exploring what it means to be a fully new covenant prophet. We are moving from prophetic celebrities to communities. This is a season of the saints, and we are moving from demonstrating the prophetic to training the saints in the prophetic. 
So, yes, I was like, that is a good word and what I'm very much feeling and seeing, you know, kind of unfold before us. And that, again, you know, having that realization, it kind of made the office, I was like, oh, I'm, yes, that is like me written all over it. Come on, wow. Wow. So, um, I remember with with that, I remember this week we were talking and I said, hey, um, you know, as we you know, kind of finish the conversation, uh, do you think you, you think you will have a word to like release, you know, <laughs> over the church? Because uh, you release that word over the nation, and because you just see, you know, if you and I both felt the Lord's heart on you releasing something over the church, and uh, you were like, that's confirmation, mm-hmm. because the Lord uh, has already, you know, begin to deposit that in me, mm-hmm. to actually, you know, this morning to stand up and release a word over the church. Uh, specifically, uh, because, you know, we see, we're seeing so much of what is going on in the world today, uh, so much of it comes back to the church, and what the Lord is calling his, his church to, you know, we've, we've had this whole season where we've, um, we've been able to see, you know, how the church is responding, but also how a lot of the church has not responded at all, Mm. you know, we've seen how, uh, some of the uh, how some of the church has responded in a non-biblical way and they've thrown away the standard of the truth of God's word you know we've seen who in the church is seeking the approval of man and who is seeking the Lord God yeah. you know and and so uh, so much of, of what's taking place it's it's about the church and about you know how we know and we talk about this that Jesus he wants his church he wants his bride He's passionate and fierce about his bride and his church, and he loves his church. And uh, so let's let's do this. If you want to just begin to release a word mm-hmm. over the church, and I want us to actually stand up um, across the room, across the house. I know you know, and I know we have a calling and a, and a passion here um, for for the church, the church of the Lord, the church of Jesus. And um, so I want you just to go ahead and. Um, begin to put a put a word, uh, put a word on your on your lips for the church. Okay, if we could just close our eyes across the room, and um, and as we just kind of tune our hearts into what the Lord is saying, what the Lord is doing in His house, in His people, in His bride, in His church, what He is doing and calling us to. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just across the room, just begin to, to, to put a word on your hearts and whenever Caroline you know starts releasing and feels led to start releasing I want you to receive it but I also want you to then partner and go in with her go in with her as the family of God and release it across the earth hallelujah thank you God mm. yeah all across the room thank you Jesus just put a word on your tongue right now we thank you God we thank you God pray for his house pray for his church Pray for his bride. We thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm just sensing even right now as as you're beginning to pray and as Caroline's beginning ready to release this word, I just felt like I saw this vision of angels. Mm -hmm. And they came down and just started circling the room. And it was Mm -hmm. like they were just stirring the waters, just circling the waters in the house, just circling them uh, in preparation for what's Mm -hmm. about to be released across the earth Mm -hmm. to his bride, to his church who's arising and shining. Hallelujah. So partner, part, heaven's attention is on this moment right now. So I want to ask you, church, to partner with it. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.
Yeah, Jesus. So we just <laughs> we just receive what you paid for us to walk in. <laughs> that we get to speak things into being something into existence that's not existing yet. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just um, this word is for the church, Big C Church, and us too, um, church. You were made for such a time as this. You were dreamed up for such a time as this. You were chosen for such a time as this. It's time to take a stand, and the time to wake up is now. It's time for us to define what is right and true and where the lines are too far. For the sake of the world, now is the time for us to rise up and be the shining beacon of light that we are created to be. Make the seemingly hard choices knowing that God is in and will honor them. We will not allow the world to define our destinies, our identities, our passions, how we raise our children, how we work, how we educate, how we take care of our bodies, how we speak truth, how we love. We will fight now rather than leave the battle for our children. We are raising up fierce dragon slayers in a time when there are dragons to slay. Now is the time and opportunity to know what you really believe. Is God who he really says he is? Is what is available really purchased and available by the blood of Jesus? Church, Jesus saw you are worthy of giving up his life. You are created to be holy, cleansed, and a radiant bride without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. Lord, let your will be done in our body. (laughs) We lean into the pressing and we say yes to the pruning so that we may truly grow and thrive. Restore to the church a holy fear of the Lord, a reverence and awe for you. Let the lives of this family cause Christians to remember who they are and what is available and who they are called to be. According to your word, the fear of the Lord gives us knowledge and wisdom. And we say, Lord, we need your knowledge and wisdom in this hour. According to your word, the fear of the Lord gives refuge, prolongs life, and brings riches and honor. And Lord, we ask for these things so that the world will see and know how good it is to be yours. To see and know your goodness. So yes, Jesus. We just stand and say, we will be your radiant bride. (laughs) We will reflect your heart on the earth. (laughs) And we say yes to your purification. We say yes to be holy. (laughs) We will stand and we are awake. We just declare that we at Arise Birmingham, this family, we are wide awake and ready for battle. We are standing and we will not falter. (laughs) And we thank you for the generation just outside of those doors (laughs) that we are laying the groundwork for. We will not (laughs) lay our swords down and leave the battle for them. who you are church 
as Karen and I was releasing that, you know, the song it goes, we're singing to God as the Father. It's who you are. You're a good Father. But then I felt like as Caroline was releasing that, I saw heaven singing over you, the church, saying, it's who you are. It's who you are, what she was releasing over you. So I want you to take, just pick up your sword. Pick up your sword. Pick up your sword. It's who you are. It's who you are. like if you need a fresh word from the Lord, a fresh uh, upgrade and reminder of heaven of who you are this morning, if you need the identity of the Lord to come upon you this morning and to be awakened to who you are, I want to invite you to start coming forward. And then, Yeah, I just felt like this morning there was going to be an invitation. (laughs) If you would like to be laid hands on to hear the voice of the Lord more clearly and consistency, please come up. And if you would like to be laid hands on to receive the gift of prophecy, it's a, it's a gift from Holy Spirit that's available to the body. Please come up and we will lay hands on you. Um, and if you would like to be baptized in Holy Spirit, please come up. Because baptism of Holy Spirit is where it all starts. Hallelujah. We're going to start laying hands and moving around. You feel free to be released from the room when you feel led, uh, but also we encourage you to stay and, and receive uh, from the Lord these things that you know we've been releasing and Caroline's been releasing. Hallelujah. We love you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. Have your way right now. 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 Do what only you can do. Thank you, God. 